Tonight we're going to look at Psalm chapter 42. Psalm chapter 42. Back before the Word of God had chapters and verses, the way you would introduce a text was with the first line. And so the way that you would introduce this text would have been, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Listen to this. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. I've never seen a deer pant. <laughs> God's Word says that they do. <laughs> so I believe it. But panting, you know, you can think about like a, a dog panting. Short, quick breaths accompanied with excitement or exhaustion or, or being really thirsty or tired, right? Almost makes me think of hyperventilating a little bit. As a, a deer that is parched, maybe afraid, excited, pants, or longs for the streams of water, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Listen to this. Verse, verse 2 continues. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Charles Spurgeon said, Tears are, are salty meals, but good for the soul. Have you had seasons in your life where you had just such tearfulness? You know what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. He also said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be satisfied. Jesus told the lady, at the, the woman at the well in John 4, that he offered water that was eternal. We won't thirst anymore. Only God can satisfy like that. Only Jesus can satisfy our soul's deepest longings. Now we seek satisfaction in a lot of ways. And it leaves us thirsty. It leaves us wanting more. I'm going to read this and then we'll just talk about it and then we'll come back and just pray over a few points, okay? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude 
keeping festival. Can you can you vision that? The throng of people go, I mean just just millions of people go into the temple to praise God. The festival, the multitude, the glad shouts, the songs of praise, the, the procession. Verse 5, Why? Why are you downcast? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Has your soul ever been in turmoil? The innermost parts of your being, the, the core existence, cast down. You ever felt just cast down? Your shoulders feel a little bit more heavy and it's just hard to hold your head up? You ever felt like that? Here's the answer. Verse 5, Hope in God. Hope in God. The psalmist writing to himself, O soul, my soul, why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. From the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, which means not Jerusalem. The psalmist is not in Jerusalem. He's far from Jerusalem, looking back to where the temple is. Verse 7, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. You ever heard the waterfalls roaring back and forth to each other as they plunge deep into the water and call back and forth? What a majestic and and overwhelming and just a, a powerful image. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. The pounding of the ocean, the waves, the power there overtaking you. Verse 8, By day the Lord commands His steadfast love and at night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock. Look at the audacity in this prayer. Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Verse 11, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Alright, so let's, let's think about what's happening here, okay? You have the psalmist who has experienced those those festivities, those processions to the temple, those, those exuberant experiences of worshiping God with the throngs, the multitudes of people who are worshiping the one true God in unison. But now he is not. He is removed from that environment. He's with the people who mock him for believing and worshiping God. Where is your God, they say? Where is your God? 
And he feels deep, deep, deep depression is what it looks like to me. The imagery here, think about the imagery, the being overtaken. Asking God, why have you forgotten me? I mean, that, you're talking about a gut-level honest prayer? Let me ask you a question. Had God forgotten the psalmist? I don't think so. Have you ever felt like he might have forgotten you? I'm not saying, is it true? And I'm not saying if you're driven by faith. But our feelings get a hold of us every now and then, right? And we might not ever say it with our mouth, but we say it with our actions. You ever feel alone? You ever feel discouraged? Overtaken? You ever feel far from God? Let me ask you a question. Where can we go that God is not? Not on the top of the mountains and not in the depths of the sea. Not on the highest heights of heaven. Nowhere can we go where God is not. God is always everywhere. He is always everywhere. But it doesn't always feel that way if we're gut level honest. So what do we do? Well, the psalmist, why are you with, in turmoil within me? And then he tells himself what to do. You know, sometimes I have found that we, we know what to do. We just have to slow down enough to think about it and pray about it and ask God, why am I feeling this way? Why am I going through this? Maybe there's a circumstance that feels much bigger than I can handle. And, and you know what I have found? Most of the time in those circumstances, those temporary circumstances, they, they don't feel temporary when, the, when we are in the middle of them. Does that make sense? They, they, they overwhelm us and they, it feels like this is just how it is. But it will pass. It will come to pass. And in the meantime, we have to remind ourselves of truth. And the psalmist reminds himself, hope in the Lord. Hope in God, the living God. My God. I've seen people hope in gods that are not alive. I've seen little G gods, these idols, that if you knock them over, they just lay there. They can't get up. People talk to them, but they don't have ears. They can't hear. People bring them offerings, but they don't have eyes. They can't see. The living God that we worship, those of us who are in Christ, we can say with confidence, my God, the living God is not served by human hands. He needs nothing from us. And He is always everywhere. And He is never caught by surprise. Think about that. He is never caught by surprise. We can we can hope in Him. Do you all agree with that? We can hope in Him. We can hope in Him. 
There's some things that I'm afraid to put my hope in. But we can hope in Him. And we can trust His Word. We have to use the truth of His Word to guide our emotions and to guide our feelings. And that's why, that's why the, Psalms are so, the Psalms are so beautiful for that. Because they're gut-level, honest, emotional, raw poetry most of the time is songs that were sung in praise that are truth that show us how to process these fears, these feelings, these emotions. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. I got a personal question for you. I want to ask you to really evaluate your heart right now. Does your soul, in this moment, thirst for God? I mean, you can ask me that at any given moment, and, and my answer could be yes or no. I mean, I mean, there are times in my life that I get so busy, I don't even know that I'm not thirsting for Him. Here's what's really stupid. There are times in my life where I get so busy working for God that my soul's not thirsting for Him. And I don't think I'm the only one. I really don't. With what I would subconsciously consider good motive, wanting God to be known, wanting His kingdom to spread, wanting His saints to be encouraged, wanting to, to see the body of Christ be strong, I can get so busy that I neglect my time with Him and it affects what I hunger and thirst for. So let me ask you a question. Does your, pant, your, soul, your, does your soul pant for God like a deer pants for water? Do you thirst for God, for the living God? Do you long to be with Him? Here's, here's the best news I got for you. If the answer is not right now or no, not for months, or I don't know if I've ever felt that way. It's just fresh surrender. Fresh, sometimes repentance. You know, okay, so here's something else I found. Sometimes there's circumstances like the psalmist was facing that seem so huge and so impactful that it discourages us and we feel like it's never going to get better. Sometimes there's unconfessed sin in our life that needs to be dealt with and it affects our hunger and thirst for God. Wade talked about it the other day. If, if, you have, if you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, you really don't want to pray that much. But if you're praying, you really can't harbor unforgiveness in your heart that much. And so there's this balance. But sometimes we need God to just put His finger on something in our life that needs to be removed. God, show me any impurities that are in my heart. And give me the grace and the strength to, to turn from that, to confess it as sin. And you know what? Sometimes we just need to get alone with another brother or sister. A brother, if, it's, if I'm a guy, I need to do this with a man or maybe my wife, but not with somebody else's wife. And just be like, hey, I'm really struggling in this way and, and, and I, I, I'm not having victory. Would you please pray for me and would you please check on me? And we just need to do battle 
against the flesh sometimes. We need that type of relationship. So let's pray. I'm going to give you just a few just a few moments. You can pray to yourself and just ask God, help me to hunger and help me to thirst deeply within me for you and help me to be satisfied with you. Help me to long for that type of deep fellowship with you. All right, so let's, let's, let's just pray. Bow your heads and just pray to God. God, help me to hunger and thirst after you. Father, we come before you as your children with the confidence to approach you and cry out, Abba, Father. We thank you for your newness. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your kindness, for your faithfulness. Lord, I confess that it is all too often that I get out of out of step times where I'm not abiding in you times where I'm neglecting our relationship and Lord if, that, if that's the story in any of our hearts right now and I'm pretty sure it, and, and, and it's just the case in, in some of our hearts right now help us to long for you Right now, flood our minds with, with the truth of your word. Right now, Lord, would you work in our hearts? Give us a hunger for you that cannot be satisfied anywhere else. Teach us to praise you rightly for who you are and to, to live with our eyes on heavenly things above. Protect us from all these distractions around us in this busy life that we live. Lord, help us to hunger for you, to thirst for you, to pant, to long for you. We, we bring these prayers before you in the strong name of Christ. Amen. I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in a season of tears, a season of discouragement. That's an opportunity to experience intimacy with Christ that may not be found in any other way. When we find ourselves in desperation, 
perceived desperation, right? I mean, we're always desperate. But when we realize, realized desperation, it's a time to just lay it down and recognize that He is God and we're not. And we need Him desperately. Aren't those the times that are the most sweet intimacy with Christ? Those times of, of deep, realized desperation? By the way, he talked about how many of us probably don't pray on a daily basis that God would give us our daily bread. But are we not always dependent on His goodness and on His provision? And there's sometimes when we're in much more of a financial need than others and, and those times we realize, man, we need God to give us our daily bread right now. If He does not give us our daily bread, we're not eating. Let's pray for desperation. Let's ask God to give us desperation. We're just going to pray through this psalm one, one section at a time. Let's just spend some time by your heads and just ask, God, help me to be desperate for you, dependent on you. Somebody like to voice a prayer for us, just the guy would help us to have that type of desperation. Lord, just help us know that. We have nothing to offer. We bring nothing to the table. We are completely incapable and insufficient without you. We depend on you for everything. Even hungering for you, we depend on you. So Lord, uh, our flesh and mind is often slow. So just quicken us by your spirit. Just give us the ability to see and hear and taste the things of God. And just help us be people that rely on you and depend on you daily and just <clears throat> live for that daily bread day in and day out, Lord. And help us know that uh, you offer water and you offer food, Lord, and you offer it eternal and abundant, Lord, and that we can have life and have it abundantly through you. And I pray we just rely on you day in and day out. So you know we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, bro. <clears throat> The psalmist expresses very honestly how he feels, the turmoil that he's in, the anxiousness that he feels, that he feels far from God. 
that there is a perceived separation, there is a lack of hoping in, him, in God, he feels downcast. And what he does is tells his soul truth, hope in God, hope in God. Verse 8 says, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that encourages me more than to know by faith that God loves me. <laughs> Y'all don't know me as good as I know myself. And I don't even know myself as good as God does. And He loves me. There's a song that says, You know the depths of my heart and you love me the same. God loves us. How do we know? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God proves His love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us. Those of us who are in Christ, listen to this. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians, just real quick. Ephesians chapter 1. Remember of truth right now. How do we deal with this? I want it to be practical. Ephesians chapter 1. You get to Galatians, it's go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Paul is praying... He's greeting the church in Ephesus and he's talking to them about the, the just the amazing spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. How he has loved us and adopted us. Forgiven us. Redeemed us. He has given us an inheritance that is imperishable. And, and given us in, in the, the fullness, the richness of his mercy and his grace. He has given us an inheritance. He has given, sealed us with the promise of the Holy Spirit. In verse 15, he breaks out in prayer. This, for this reason, chapter 1, verse 15, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. How does Paul pray? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the, listen to this, the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His great might. How, how do we see the great might of God? Look at this. That He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Seated Him. Listen to this. When we feel like things are out of control, when we feel like God is not near, when we feel like it's going to be like this forever. Think about this. 
He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Every name. All authority. And He put all things under His feet. Gave Him as head over all things to the church which is His body, to the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Paul's praying, man, I, I pray that God would open your hearts and give you deep understanding, wisdom to, to see life through these truths here. That God is a God that is powerful and mighty to save. That is eternal and in charge. And He's a God that loves us intimately that has proved His love on the cross and proved His power in the resurrection. He is on His throne. And He loves you. And you can hope in Him no matter what your circumstances are. And we by faith can guide our feelings even when our feelings are getting out of whack. I got another verse for you. In Philippians, Paul told the church in Philippi, Do not be anxious but to rejoice, rejoice always. And he said, okay, don't be anxious. And you're thinking, yeah, right. I mean, surely there were times when Paul was anxious, right? He got beaten, he was shipwrecked. I mean, you're floating around in the sea. You got bit by a snake. I mean, a deadly viper. You got people surrounding you and wanting to just rip your head off. And Paul said, rejoice always. How? Because the focus is on the heavenly places, on heaven, where Christ is seated on His throne, where we will be one day with Him. Do you know, think about this, okay? I think it's the only way to really have the accurate kind of hope that the psalmist is saying, hope in the living God. Sometimes, like if you're in exile and you're not in your home country and life is really, really, really bad, in this life, in this temporal life, you might not go back to what you want it to be, okay? So when I say that your, your circumstances might be temporary, it still might be the rest of your earthly life that you suffer with whatever you're dealing with. But it's still not eternal. It's still temporary. Because God has promised us something much greater to hope for. Christ is on His throne and always in control and we will be with Him. So, Paul said, rejoice. Don't be anxious. And what do we do with our anxiety? We turn it into prayers. He said to pray without ceasing, with thanksgiving and prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to the Lord. Whatever it is that burdens your heart, that brings anxiety, that brings fear, take it to the one who is on the throne. And remember that He loves you intimately. He not only called us and not only predestined us in love to be conformed into the image of Christ, He not only forgave us, He not only redeemed us, redemption is He brought He bought us. He paid the penalty, the price for our sin. He bought us from the slavery of sin. He not only He not only called us, He not only loved us, He not only forgave us, He not only 
redeemed us. He adopted us. He adopted, listen to me. We are children of God. We can hope in Him. We can hope in Him. So let's spend just a few minutes. Jumped way past Psalm 42, but just to remind us of the hope that we have. Even if we suffer for the rest of this life, this temporary life, we have hope that is so much greater. I'm well aware that many of us have struggles right now. Sicknesses. Family members that are hurting deeply and desperately. We have family that are struggling with addiction and it breaks our heart. We have family that are, that are running from God. Big, heavy circumstances that want to steal our joy and our focus. And I'm here to tell you, it may not go the way you hope, but you can hope in God and know that His way is good and that His character is trustworthy. Y'all agree with that? Somebody want to pray for us and ask God to help us to hope in Him and to trust Him and to rest in Him even when everything else is going south. Knowing that our eternity with Him is worthy of joy right now. We can suffer well because of what Christ has done for us. Anybody want to pray about that? Ask God to help us to, to have faith like that? Dear Heavenly Father, help us to know that anything else we hope in is worthless. Mm. Help us to just turn our, every bit of our hope to you. Mm. Help us to, to cling to to the truths that you that you've given us in Scripture, like at the end of the passage that uh, Trey just talked about in verse nine of Philippians four, it says, "The God of peace shall Amen. be with you." Yeah. If we practice these things, mm. Lord, we need to cling to those things that are that are given to us in Scripture as, as promises. Lord, help us to to see that we have everything we need in you. We don't need to hope in a doctor. We don't need to hope in a in in money. We don't need to hope in any of that stuff. We need to hope in you. Right. And then we need to turn and we need to praise you. Yeah. In Psalm 42, the psalmist said it twice. I need to praise you, and I'm going to praise you again. I'm going to praise you, and yeah. I'm going to praise you. No matter what happens in this life, Lord, we need to be praising you. Yeah. We love you, Lord. Mm. And we just ask you to help uh, help us to understand where the psalmist was and help us to, to try not to get there if we can help it by just staying right by the river. Mm. Don't be going to do this panting because we've got the living water right there and we're lapping it up every single day, mm. every moment of our lives. Lord, help us to, to just rely on your word and on your truth. Mm and keep close to you. And then if, as soon as our mouth starts to feel dry and we feel like we are missing it, get right back to your word, Lord. Help us to, 
to, to want it every day in our lives and help us to show others how important it is to be in that word every day, loving you and putting our desperate hope in you, Lord, yeah. in everything we do. We give you the praise and all the glory. Amen. Amen. You reminded me. I almost forgot one of the most important parts of that verse is that the God who guards our, our hearts and minds will give us peace that surpasses understanding. It, God will give us peace that just doesn't make sense. So let me get practical, okay? When you read through the Word, pray through it just like we did tonight. God, I'm not hungering for you like this. I'm not thirsting after you like this. Would you do that in my life? God, I, I don't feel like I'm hoping in you like I should. Would you help me to do that? God, remind me to walk by faith and, and, and to see what this psalmist has done. Something else, they've alluded to it while he prayed, and we need this. Just regular habits of drawing near to God. Sometimes it becomes so routine that we forget the power until it's not there. I implore you, be in the Word regularly. Not just reading it really quick like a motorboat going across the lake, but, but go, go read the Word like a pontoon boat. Go slow. Observe what's going on around you. Meditate on it. Chew on it. A what? A rowboat. A rowboat. Come on, go slower. <laughs> Be in the Word. Be in prayer. Be in fellowship. Be obedient to Christ. And let's see what He'll do in our lives as we seek to live for Him. 